Welcome to Middle School Matters Podcast number 575, The Day That Didn't Count. We've got some jokes for you. We're going to talk about days that don't count. We've got some other things for your classroom as well. So without further ado, here's the wonderful, the magnanimous, the Mr. Troy Patterson. All right, welcome back to the show. I am Troy Patterson. Here with me is the world's greatest co-show host, Mr. Sean McGurr. Hey, Sean. How are you today? Well, hello there. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing all right. You know, I did some painting. Didn't do as you much did? as I'd uh, ideally hoped, but, you know, sometimes things take longer than you you want them to. Landscape so, or portrait? Um, uh, this, this would be a surreal. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Because, sir, it's real. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Save that one. <laughs> the bad jokes start early. They do, yes. Yes, they do. Hey, mountains aren't just funny. Oh. They're hilarious. Ah, uh, indeed they are, yeah. And that's the top of our game today. Uh, yes, well, I just hope we don't peak early. Um, uh-huh. Do pots and pans talk about the news in the drying rack? I don't know, do they? No, moistly they just dish on each other. Ooh, double pun word score. Oh, I have a friend who got a PhD in palindromes. Really? Yeah, you can now call her Dr. Awkward. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Both coming and going. <laughs> uh, how do monsters like their eggs? I didn't know they ate, ate eggs, but how do they eat their eggs? Terror fried. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, every time I ask what the lowest army rank is, people say mm-hmm. that's private. Oh, they don't tell you, huh? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what else is interesting? What's that? The sun's heat. Which oh, yeah. uh, we could use a little bit of right now. Yeah. It's, not, it's not overly, it's, you know, you know. Um, and we'd like a little bit more of that uh, heat to get to us. And understanding how that happens, that would take, like, some kind of science genius. Oh, yes. Fortunately for us, we have access to a science genius. Ooh. <laughs> so this week is on um, the sun's heat. So here, without further ado, is the wonderful Mr. Dave Bidlowski in the Middle School Science Minute. Hi, this is Dave Bidlowski of K12science.net, and this is your K12 Science Podcast. I was recently reading the January-February 2023 issue of Science and Children, a publication of the National Science Teaching Association. And I read the column Science 101, written by Matthew Babrowski, and he writes a question and answer column. And the question was, how does the sun's heat get to us here on Earth? And here is his answer, and that is, it doesn't. And does that answer surprise you? It might surprise your students too, but he explains. First, remember what heat is. Heat is the flow of energy from one object to another object because of their difference in temperature. And that energy, or thermal energy, results from the random motion of atoms and molecules. The molecules move around, bouncing off of each other and bouncing off anything with which the object comes into contact. The hotter the object, the faster the molecules are moving. If you have a hot pot on the stove, the molecules in that pot are moving around very fast. If you touch that pot with your finger, some of those fast-moving molecules in the pot slam into the molecules in your skin, just as a fast-moving bowling ball transfers lots of energy to the pins 
the pot molecules transfer lots of energy to your skin molecules, making them move very fast. And having fast-moving molecules in your skin means that your skin is now hot. At a microscopic level, that's why you get burned when you touch a hot pot. Now, we all know that the sun is hot. Well, how hot? Well, the layer of the sun that you would see if you glanced up at it, which he does not recommend, known as the photosphere, has a temperature of around 6,000 degrees Celsius. So, the atoms there are moving exceedingly fast, but fortunately for us, those super speedy atoms do not come into contact with us, and their kinetic energy doesn't get transferred to us. And that's why he started his answer to the original question with, it doesn't. It's not thermal energy, energy from the movement of the atoms, that reaches us here on Earth. Well, what does get to us from the sun? Providing the vast majority of the energy we use is energy in the form of light, or more generally, electromagnetic radiation, which includes radio waves, microwaves, infrared radiation, visible light, ultraviolet radiation, x-rays, gamma rays. These are all kinds of light, but with different wavelengths, and most of those are not kinds of light that our eyes can detect. We only see a small part of all this radiation, only the visible light. Most of the energy that we receive from the sun arrives here in the form of infrared, visible, and ultraviolet light. Although the sun does emit small amounts of all the other kinds of radiation as well. The sunlight that reaches Earth's surface is around 53% infrared, 43% visible light, and 4% ultraviolet radiation. When all of that energy reaches the Earth, some of it gets absorbed and some of it gets reflected. The reflection of some colors of visible light more than other colors causes objects to appear to have different colors. We see the colors that are reflected, but it's the light or radiation that gets absorbed that is responsible for heating the earth or you. When you stand out in the sunlight and feel the warmth in your skin, you are feeling thermal or heat energy of which about half came from your skin absorbing infrared radiation, a bit less than half from your skin absorbing visible light, and a few percent from your skin absorbing ultraviolet light. The light that is absorbed disappears and the energy from that light becomes thermal or heat energy. And this has been your K-12 Science Podcast. Well, now that we're warmed up, we mm -hmm. can uh, we can talk about what's been going on this last week. I did not get a lot. I got some basic work done, you know, things that I had to do and things that I had to respond to. But I didn't get some of the projects done that I had wanted to do. Oh. You also didn't get some of the projects done that you wanted <laughs> to, I'm guessing, <laughs> because you're two days off turned into yeah. four, four days. days off yeah. yeah it was real slick <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we got we got three quarters of an inch of ice and uh, i was actually sitting right here at the uh, at the computer and i heard i heard the sound of uh a rushing crushing sound it was it went like uh imagine somebody taking their cane and gone thwat thwat on a box and then all yeah. of a sudden like this just crashing sound of of like uh glass breaking right and this rushing sound and i thought well i don't know what that was it was dark it was at night mm -hmm. um but uh sounds like every bit of ice came off of the the tree like all at once like came yeah. rushing to the ground so i thought well all right so my tree shed ice i was wrong it wasn't <laughs> my tree that shed ice it was my neighbor's tree that shed tree. So I'm not sure how long I'll be here in the program today because there's a there's a huge uh, branch that has forked my power line. And uh, it's like a big hand. It's kind of come down, right? Mm -hmm. And then in the middle of the fingers, there runs my power line. And if I go, if I go sometime during the show, um, it's not you. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> so you guys had... An extra two days off. 
we had two days off, but we actually couldn't count three. Like we had technically we had three ice days instead of two. One of those days though, we showed up, <laughs> but we didn't have enough kids show up because there's all kinds of power lines and it's not all one mm-hmm. big thing. It's all rinky dink, right? Because trees, a lot of trees, a lot of trees shed uh, branches. My neighbor's tree. My neighbor's tree looks like somebody had taken a cylinder and run it down like the, uh, the, the tree down the center of the cylinder. And mm-hmm. anything on the outside edges got trimmed off and is lying in my yard and my neighbor's yards and in her yard. And then somebody lifted the cylinder and now you've got this cylindric type tree, which is kind of cool to look at, except it's sitting on my power line. Yeah. It's, it, it was pretty. The ice was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, literally everything glistened to like diamonds. It was so beautiful mm-hmm. until it wasn't. But so it, we're going to hit, we hit uh, 48 the other day and everything melted. And then we had an inch, inch, inch and a half of snow last night. So I have to go shovel. <laughs> and then uh, it'll be gone because we're going to hit 40 this afternoon. So we went okay. to 20, 19 last night and we'll be up to 28 or up to 40 today. You know, um, mother's mother nature's having mood swings, and we just mm-hmm. have to go along with the ride up here. You got so you got some snow. We got some snow. Yeah. Okay. But you know, we didn't have school, so we didn't have too much to worry right. about there. Um, but you didn't you didn't have that many kids. You had a sparse number of student youths show up. You did not have seventy five percent. Show Did up, not. We had sixty three percent in my building, sixty at the elementary. Yeah, we did not. So, make... so as a from a teaching perspective, did you continue on with the lessons that you were going to do on Wednesday? Did you? Because you also have structure where the kids have get the opportunity of a vocab quiz on Friday, yeah. generally, right? Yeah. So yes. did you? Did you do the vocab quiz? Did you kind of punt because you had 60? So did you have 60% or did, I know the school had 60%, but were you, did you have better attendance than norm, than the rest of the school or about the same or what? Oh, no, I was, I was, I was the average. I was, I was the, <laughs> the middle part of the bell curve that made the rest of the bell curve possible. Um, we were, no, it, we, it was bad. Um, so, but it did, I had kids come in and ask, there's a lot in there. Let me unpack some of that. Um, I had, uh, some of the kids come in and, and it could, because it's Friday, they straight up said Friday, it's quiz day. We have a quiz, right? And then they're saying in a panicked way because they had not done any of the practices for <laughs> quiz. Oh no. <laughs> well, it gets better. So last week I was teasing one of the kids and, um, he was laughing at a, at a word I put up on the board and he joked about it being a spelling word or being a vocab word. And I said, fine, make, mock me, you know, make fun of it. I, I threw it in this week's quiz. It's, and that's it's, the, it's, that's it's, the it's, one for the, for the listeners. You can go back to last week's show mm-hmm. and learn all about that one as well. It's okay. a fun word too. And it totally applies to seventh graders. The best part is they don't realize I'm talking about them. Um, so ipsodixitism is in there this week and he saw it in there again <laughs> yesterday. I said, uh, in the crossword, I said, it's Josiah's favorite word. And he's like, no, don't do that. They'll hate me. They won't. They think it's fun. They think um, it's fun. But it's in there. And I, so the yesterday, technically I have 11 words this week, not 10. Um, I know I was never going to give him the quiz, right? Because it was a short week. Cause we only have two days review and then, then the quiz, uh, I wasn't going to do that to them. So next week we have Wida. I am going to do it to him because we have a full week. Well, theoretically, <laughs> we have a full week, right? Theoretically. It's Michigan. Wait 10 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. The So yesterday, let me talk about yesterday, yesterday being that. So uh, the superintendent was told, look, the kids ain't coming. Uh, we got people who, we got people who as much as six months to a year ago were living in a place where they had never seen snow, right? Uh, snow was something that was up on mountains, made cold water, flowed down into the valley, and 
that's when you right. could use it. But like to actually be in it, um, like when we get winter weather here in this area, I don't go driving around the the city that I teach in because I can drive in snow. I'm not worried about me. <laughs> right. I am worried about everyone all around me, right? Because they just need that practice. They just need time to act. Well, they'll get it right away. Just, but they, I don't want to be, <laughs> I don't want to be their practice. So, um, so, I mean, we've got that. And so when we got that, that ice um, and, and branches came down and there were a lot of people without power, you know, folks just stayed home and, and, but we still had school anyway. Now, some could make the argument, well, okay, so you gave them a warm place to go to. They weren't coming. Um, you, they had, you had lunch for them, right? They could come get lunch. Video games, more powerful than the <laughs> opportunity for lunch. Um, and by video games, I mean things on like cell phones, things that are already charged, right? Mm -hmm. uh, things that could play over Wi-Fi, or not Wi-Fi, but uh, a cell phone connection. Um uh, there were reports, there were people saying that there was a big power line between the school and half of the district or a third of the district. It wasn't true. <laughs> um, none of those places were without power to the, to the east of us or southeast of us. But yet all over social media, oh, watch out for the big line that's down between. Um, there were no reports of that on DTE's site so i'm not sure where they got that from but so we had that we were competing against that as well yeah. so yeah i don't know the the one of the toughest calls i think superintendents ever have to make is whether or not to call off a day i mean they are if they do and they are if they don't right right it's it's a double-edged sword and i don't envy them them at all for having to have to make that decision yeah that's always the 40 percent want you to stay out 40% want you to stay in and 40% want you to do whichever one is whatever for this time right yep that's it's 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 there's no way you're going to win that that one so um on the on the kids side i had a lot of kids come up and granted we were only supposed to be out for 2 days right but on the kids side um I had a lot of kids come in and say, I missed you guys. They told us as teachers, we, we missed you guys. We were really glad to be back with you. <laughs> they can mm -hmm. care less about what we're teaching, right? But it's about <laughs> being with us. And I think that speaks to the power of the, the teachers that are on my team, that they've done such mm -hmm. a good job building relationships with kids. <laughs> you can, I'm willing to come and be with you just to be, you know, do things that I don't want to do. Uh, okay, cool. But that was, that was so nice to hear. They came up and just were, I missed you. I'd rather, I wanted to be here with you guys. So we, and we did too. I mean, as much as I yeah. appreciated having the time off, I really did. And it really, really did need that time off. Um, I missed them too. And uh, I was happy to see them back. So did you know ahead of time, like, did you know the night before that you were going to have school or was this a, was this the 6.30 a.m. call? So uh, my superintendent is new at the position and you can tell there's a learning curve, right? With every mm -hmm. position, there's a learning curve. So all the districts around us had called except us. He waited till 5.30 in the morning, not realizing that a lot of the teachers in my building are on the road. At five thirty in the morning, yeah. coming to work, so they get the call as they're pulling into, you know, uh, near the district. They're still on the freeway, so they have to turn around and then go back. Um, right, and then he must have gotten an earful because the next day we knew the night before. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, that's the way that goes. Yeah, that's kind of surprising because I, I mean I know that area obviously, and those superintendents usually. Uh, I don't know if this is I don't know if this is spilling the secret sauce, but those superintendents talk to each other. Oh, yeah, because they, do. they don't want to be in that situation where yep. Yep. you head school and every school, every yeah. school district encircling you did not. It's uh -huh. like that's one of those things that you don't want to. 
that was Friday. You don't want to have to deal with. Yeah, so. we were the one that was open, and all the rest of us around us were were closed, except Dearborn. Dearborn was not closed. There, what buildings could be open were open, but Dearborn's got so many buildings that there were there were lots without power uh, yesterday. Um, mm. Oh, yeah. So uh, yes, we know they get together, but they're referred to fondly as the Cabal. <laughs> so yes. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, I did. I shared. Um, I think a few weeks ago now, the Library of Congress browser extension. And um, I just I get I get so many great images through that, and I, I shared one of those with with Sean this morning. Um, and it just kind of it, it they're good about telling a story. And just about seeing kind of a different way of life and something that was something that was common. There was nothing exceptional about it at the time. And now looking back, it's like, they did what? <laughs> and I thought that was just, um, it's something you could easily share with kids and get just seeing some of those pictures. And you can use some of those pictures just as, um, as writing prompts, as discussion points, as shared experiences. So I just want to put a a pitch in for the Library of uh, Congress browser extension again, because all of the pictures there are copyright free, so you can use them and do with them as you wish. So it's a free pobble. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the other thing that's, well, could be free is the social web. Could be indeed. You know what? There's a free word on the social web. Matter of fact, it's going to show up in my students' vocabulary course about <laughs> three weeks from now. All right. So Susie Dent, <laughs> Susie Dent at Susie underscore Dent. Word of the day is pertolerant. It's a 17th century word. It means to endure steadfastly to the end. I am like so going to make pertolerate certificates, right? Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and then when they come and they go, what do they mean? Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. Go check it out. I was going to say, that's it's fun Fun to, to, to just use like those words like during the day too. And then the kids don't know whether you're, are you cursing me out? Are you praising me? What are you doing? Like the like the uh, ipsodixitism one, yeah. Um, there's already a couple of kids that have figured out how they're going to do it. I suggested that they go and use it on eighth graders. <laughs> <laughs> they did. <laughs> they and, did. <laughs> and they said oh, it was fun because I saw an eighth grader look at me like what? What? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I yeah. All those eighth graders who decided that they were going to be snurts last year, ah. Uh, this is how I'm going to get you back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so per tolerant. I think we'd loop per tolerant certificates. Um, puns. I, I I put in uh, three of these and I did it. This is this is just for you. And our listeners, okay. of course. But here we go. Yes. Ready? This is puns at the punny world. All right. Now, this one is a picture and it's a, it's a guy mm-hmm. wearing a well, he's outside the Urban Outfitters, but he's decided to make a little hand sign with a T mm-hmm. in front of the Urban Outfitters. And he's a Sikh. And so the, the caption says, this guy has a Sikh sense of humor because he turned Urban Outfitters into the Turban Outfitters. And he's, of course, Sikh, so yep. he's wearing a yeah, turban. Mm-hmm. Um, here we go. Uh, my mom was a radiologist. She met my dad when he came in for an x-ray. I wonder what she saw in him. <laughs> there you go. I like that one. One more for you. You can use this week. Police have arrested a world tongue twister champion. They said he'll be given a tough sentence. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, teacher goals. Teacher goals. Put a picture yes. out there on the on the web this week. Um, and and there's a it's a picture literally of one duck right after the other, and it says, mm-hmm. "Get it." And the caption in the picture says, finally, because all the ducks are in a row. 
Oh, I thought it was a column. Um, it could be. It's a row. Yes, yes, yes. That would, that deciding which of it's going to be could cause quite a row. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh, you quack me up. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna put duct tape on me here pretty soon. Uh, fixing education at fixing education on Tuesday, twelve twenty one twenty three, the student violently attacked his teacher's aide at Man, uh, Matanzas High School. When deputies spoke with the student, he explained he was upset because the aide took away his Nintendo Switch during class. Student was described as six foot six, two hundred seventy pounds. There, I put a link to the video in there, um, and it's straight up uh, scary what this kid did to this this aide. Uh, uh, now, the, the later reports uh, state that she's out of the hospital, um, and I believe she's going to sue because she took some pretty serious violence from this kid. But this wow. is the kid this is how the kid decided he was going to solve the problem of his nintendo switch getting taken away uh it looked just like somebody who has you know a violent addiction right but mm -hmm. uh beware this is how kids are deciding to solve their problems in some cases um and no wonder that we're having a hard time getting people who want to be this is just an aid right mm -hmm. so it's out there be aware uh, the Ghost of Ernie. I think this whole section was just kind of for you this week here. Not that last one, but <laughs> the Ghost of Ernie. Uh, and, of course, every spring, the uh, former uh, voice of Tiger Baseball, he would uh, uh, do a quote at the beginning of the season. To launch the season, he would talk about the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. And here's the the, the entire quote. It's uh, put a link to a video in in the show notes. Uh, you can actually hear his voice as he opens up uh, a baseball season. And baseball season is about to open up again. First day of practice was just this past week done in Florida for mm -hmm. uh, Tigers anyway. Um, full practice, I should say. So uh, baseball's coming soon. You know, they, hit the, they hit the TVs starting next month, starting March. Okay. And... Um, you know, since I'm out of market now, I, I have to subscribe to Major League Baseball, to MLB.tv, oh, right. in order to watch the Tiger games. And they are including hmm? AAA and AA this year. Oh, perfect. Which I think is interesting. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Go Mud Hens. Mm -hmm. That's right. So uh, take a look at social media, and um, there are th valuable things out there that you can make as part of a strategy for making it part of your uh, part of your learning, if nothing else, for for mental health. So speaking of strategies, speaking of strategies, you may want to um, you may be doing group work, right? And Trevor Muir, who oh. is oh, you know Trevor Muir, don't you? I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's, um, it's fascinating. Yes. Very good speaker. Yes. Um, and he has an article, Eliminate Off-Task Behavior During Group Work. And there's a couple of things that I really like about this. Um, one is that he talks about the tools for successful collaboration. And... Collaborating is one of those things that I think students, especially middle school students, uh, need help to learn how to do, and it can be very beneficial for them um, to grow and develop those skills. So one of the things that he encourages is a group contract tool um, so that the each member is like, what is their strength? What is their uh, areas of growth? And and how it is that they can be contacted and what kind of thing they're going to do. The second part is something that I like a lot. And this is a project, project management log. 
Um, by the way, if you do project management, you are going to have a job. <laughs> and you can get paid good money doing project management. <laughs> um, I've worked with several project manage, manager kind of people. Um, they're very nice people. They do the things that, the kind of detail that uh, some other people don't want to do. Um, and they're generally part of part of actually getting things done and getting certain things in place. So this is a way of teaching kids kind of not obviously all project management skills, but some project management tasks. So list out the tasks. Who is responsible? Uh, when is the due date? What is the status of that? Um, and I think teaching kids how to do that is very can be very, very beneficial for them. Uh, he also talks about building a collaborative culture and some specific questions that you can ask to get them to think about and process what collaboration looks like and should be done. And then also talks about um, teacher collaboration struggles as well. So uh, I think it's a good article to read, and I think it's got some great tips to get started and work on and help kids develop some of those important skills as well. So do you you do some group work, correct? We're going to do a lot of it here this next week um, because during the WIDA testing, I um, we have uneven afternoons because time is either you have 20 minutes with each class or you do we do a block schedule alternating block mm -hmm. and so we do an alternating block in my team because it gives us a nice chunk of time to do something with the kids uh i give my kids the opportunity to get into their groups and work on their um, third quarter presentation project and they're getting a little better at uh, project management i've got some that may not grasp that concept until they're 21 <laughs> yes it happens you know everybody yeah. learns at different rates and yeah. i have some kids that are very different and that's okay we love them anyway um and they're learning my kids are also learning something about uh each other when they do this and there's some that's uh, come right up and told me you know this kid good friend we should not work together mm -hmm. good I mean, I mean learn that now because later on you you can then say I recognize the people that I work well with. And then these are the people I should work with. These are the people I love them, but I really shouldn't, you know? And, and so this is kind of a cool thing. Plus Trevor Muir has a collaboration toolkit. You can download for free. I don't know if you're going to mention that. I did not. So, and that's yep. under, uh, cause he has a resource page as well. Is that under, and that is, um, on the, the resource page. Um, he's got a couple of free resources, the Collaborative Classroom Toolkit. Have you used that before? Is that what you use? or? No, I um, I am not nearly as organized as Trevor Muir is. He is uh, he's way better at it than I am. I get together and I put together my, my page. And in the, each section, I'll say, like, this is... This is these are the expectations for the, the presentation. I want five minutes. I want you to do it without prompts. I want you to do it um, with color. I want you to do it. You know, name some things. Um, mm -hmm. And then, I, and by the way, for those, my, my sister questioned me on this. They can't take a note card. I tell her. I told her no, because if I let them just read off the card, they don't practice, and it sounds like it. Yeah. By the time we get down to the end of the year, they actually sound like they can do a presentation. But it takes them four quarters to get it together, right? Mm -hmm. Are we going to take four quarters to do it or we're going to take four years to do it? And I'd rather take the four quarters so that they're ready when they go on. They they sound good going on. And that's going to help them in other things too. So, yeah, I'm cruel. So what? Um, <laughs> that's not a show title. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going on the list. <laughs> uh, where was I? Oh, so the presentation. So, and then the next section, I'll say. So I've started doing things, and 
it's been harder with COVID because I noticed that kids have lost imagination or the ability to think outside themselves a lot. And so I'm forcing them to try to do that. Before COVID, this was not a hard thing to do. Um, and I'll say, all right, so I want you to take on the point of view of one of these historical characters. And uh, some of them are starting to get it. Um, like, you know, for example, how would Zeus view Athenian democracy? You know, being mm-hmm. king of the gods. Um, or, you know, Athena, you know, why does she prefer, you know, how does she see Sparta when she prefers Athens? That sort of thing. And the kids are starting to finally get it, right? And uh, that's coming and being able to be something outside themselves. Um, I'm also dealing with a population that doesn't do acting because it means you have to be somebody else and their parents tend to discourage those things. Uh, They can't wear costumes in a lot of cases because they have a strict dress code Mm -hmm. from their parents, right? So there are things that they have to do. So uh, I've introduced them to uh, Twisted Wave because synth is now gone. So introduced them to Twisted Wave. And some of the kids have really glommed onto it and have, have gotten really excited about Foley work and, and, and editing and that sort of thing, sound effects. So I'm looking forward to some things that are doing. So he, he's way more organized than I am. I give him the basics and then I say, discover, go play, take time, right. develop your skills. I really, in this group, I really should provide some more constructs. And that's why I'm kind of excited about this free download he has because I'm going to definitely steal some of this and, and use this next week. Yeah. So there's a couple of things I want to unpack there. Number one is the association with COVID. Cause we talked about this last week about the struggles and some of the, it now seems to be accepted that COVID had an impact on the socialization of kids. Yeah. And yet <laughs> I remember, and this was way pre-COVID, that uh, as a as a principal, you know, I did lunch duty every day. Uh, mm-hmm. We had like 300, 330 kids at lunch per, you know, per lunch cycle, 25 minutes. I'm still not sure how that all worked. There's, <laughs> it's just things like, I don't know how that worked, but it did, it did work. And we'd go outside for the last 10 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And and the kids had all these games that they were playing. And there was a couple of us that usually went outside. And um, one of them was one of the PE teachers. And his name was Joe. And, you know, Joe and I would go outside. And Joe was just the, you know, he was the easygoing. You know, you got to do the right thing. All the kids knew you had to do the right thing. But he is just easygoing. And we went outside one year with the sixth grade class, and they didn't know how to play. Mm-hmm. They just they just didn't know how to play. Be, I mean, every year before this, and, you know, because I, I was an assistant principal and a principal, so I had, I had a lot of years of kids going out, and they, they all knew how to play. Somehow they all... There was a couple of different games. They had a football game going on. I never knew the rules, <laughs> but that didn't matter because they did. Right. And it seems like it seemed to be the same ish rules from year to year to year to year. Like somehow they magically passed this on. Because the, the rules were adapted to the amount of time we had, to the space that we had. Mm hmm. You know, because we didn't, they weren't on a football field. This was, you know, kind of a fenced in area. Mostly, most of it was uh, asphalt. Somehow they all knew this. It, it was somehow passed on. We'd never instructed them. And, and so one day I went to Joe, I said, Joe, <laughs> we're going to have to teach them how to play. <laughs> and I just think that, like, now we would be going, oh man, COVID interrupted these kids ability to learn how to play so i, I don't know I, I i think it's it's interesting to see how much of this was covid and and not interacting in those developmental ways and how much of it is just you know you get that class <laughs> you get the class is like yay <laughs> you get that class it's like 
boy, I'm going to do a lot of work this year. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, which, which is it, how much of it was COVID? How much of it is just the personality and makeup of that class? And I, and I never know that. So we've been, we've been seeing a steady decline in creativity over the past 10 years on my team. Mm -hmm. um, and we've talked about this, that we've noticed the progressive inability to think divergently. Now we've okay. even talked about where are some things we could do, but it's been, it's been worse since uh, uh, COVID hit simply because they haven't had the ability to have those experiences with us because they've been spaced. Right. And like yeah. one kid, so, so the, the geography B thing that I talked about some weeks ago, I had one student, he just would not stop talking, just could not. And you could tell in his eyes, he's like, I'm trying in his body. His mouth is like, no, I got the wheel. I'm driving this bus. So I looked at him and said, fine, come here. So I put him in his seat in the hall. Cause he goes there enough that the seat is named after him. And he knows every, every kid in my team knows it's called the, the so-and-so seat. And uh, mm -hmm. I even all have to just look at somebody and go, do you need to go to, no, no, don't send me to the so-and-so seat. Don't send me to so-and-so. Okay. All right. Well, you got to get into control now. Okay. I'll do it. All right. I got it. Yeah. Well, he just could not, you know, and I, I can't have him in the room keeping me from teaching, but I, I also know I want to give him a chance to kind of get mm -hmm. it under control because it's not something I'm, I want to write him up for. You know, he's trying, I know he's trying, I can see it in his eyes. So I put him in a seat, right? And I'll, so I looked at him, I said, and he, like, he needs something to do. So I said, you're going to go into geography right now. Open it up, geography B. Yeah. You see that practice? Yeah. 1,200 questions there. You're going to go and you're going to answer. You're going to do it over and over again until you get 90%. And he's like, yeah, I got this. And I came and checked on him later. He goes, I can't do this. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, I tried and I tried. And I said, well, you had geography last year. Oh, Mr. McGurr, I slept through the whole thing. I didn't. I wasn't paying it. I, no, I slept, literally slept. So, well, you know, that's what you get now. I still have to do 90%. Yeah, you got to do 90%. <laughs> so anytime, anytime you can't keep it under control, look at him and go, dude, you haven't done your night. I haven't been quiet. I haven't been quiet. Right. So um, it's, I know it's a thing. I, I, I was looking forward to during Weed a Week, normally we take the kids and we'll break them up into four rotations of 20 minutes each. This year, we're not doing that. I don't know what the others have decided to do, but they informed me that this is not what's going to happen. This is after I had already purchased the materials for doing my activities during the <laughs> thing, but all right, it is what it is. But I'm going to still use them um, because uh, one of the things I'm going to do this, wanted to do this year, was a number of theater games. Like, this is not a pencil. Mm -hmm. This is a rocket ship. You don't go, this is not a pencil. This is an arrow. Then you'll make the bow and arrow thing. Um, but I want to do that because I also want them to start seeing and getting ideas, divergent ideas from other folk, um, just to, just to start thinking in divergent terms, because otherwise they're not, they're thinking right. very, very linearly. And it's, you know, that's, I, it bothers me, but anyway, sorry, this rabbit hole brought to you by, it's okay. Well, the other thing that I also remember is because you said kids dressing up. And um, I just remember, you know, because the girls would have to, some girls would have to wear a full hijab. So they'd have the full hijab on. And then on mm -hmm. top of that, <laughs> they would have the period. Mm -hmm. um, so they solved the issue, which right. was always, which was always, you know, the kids could always solve the issue. They would, they would still be respectful to their parents, to their ideas and their beliefs, and still show that creativity and show that um, that personality and that flair. And that was always fun. So, all right. If you are looking to read, you know, if you are thinking to yourself, self, I have mm -hmm. not read a uh, academic paper in a while. Have, have you... Uh, have you had that conversation with yourself recently? Um, the conversation <laughs> I had myself recently is, yay, we're 52% away through Lee, uh, Robert E. Lee, uh, A Life by Dr. Gelzo. 
Don't stop. Keep going. Oh, well, that's interesting because I am currently reading um, Robert E. Lee and Me, a Southern gentleman's reckoning with the lost cause. Oh. I've just started okay. it. And even though I've just started it at this point, I would highly recommend it. Very interesting. Anyway, if you are thinking to yourself, self, I have not read a nice long uh, academic article, academic paper in a while. You might be uh, you might be looking for who benefits from attending effective schools. Um, it is there's four authors. It is a nice little eighty-two pages with uh, appendices. I'm sorry, sixty-six pages with appendices, tables, correlations. Uh, summary statistics, all of that good stuff. And what the article really comes down to is that uh, school quality cannot be completely explained by test score value-added tests, <laughs> by test score value-added materials. Um, so it is... It, it is an interesting article, but it's an academic article. It's got all the academic and uh, it's got the statistics and all that fun stuff in there. But um, I would you you can read through through it and share it. But basically, it comes down to that schools that only prepare kids for testing or are measured only by tests are not that um, are not is not that a, of a, an effective methodology. They do focus on the least educationally advantaged students versus um, less educationally advantaged students. So there is some interesting parts in there um, and they talk about soft skills and they talk about kids processing and setting their sights and just being part of a, a more effective area so all right when you're done with that you may want to have uh, a little bit of fun and um, the game taboo you are familiar with this game, correct? Was that one of the words you can't say in asking that question? <laughs> no, it was not. Oh, yes, I'm I'm familiar with the game. You, I was seeing if you could make me say the word, but yeah. And this comes from the wonderful Mr. Larry Ferlazzo, uh, and he has a quick write-up on it about using this with. ELL students, uh, actually in ELL classrooms. By the way, um, I've heard a movement from away from ELL. Like we oh, went from no. ELL to EL, it and now, now we're moving to ML. So, oh, dear. so okay. just. Um, just to keep up with is. so multiple language oh <laughs> sure then then let's go to pl next because they're polylingual <laughs> and then okay you know just keep finding different ways to say the same thing yes oh, anyway nuts. Uh, larry Ferlazzo talks about uh having having the Students work in small teams. Each group is assigned a mini whiteboard, and they're given chances to come up with questions that another student, peer tutor, or I input. A team would get a point if their question is successful. And basically, Taboo, as you pick a category, you are given a word that you have to get the AI to guess in this case. 
And there's some exclusion yeah. words, right? Yeah. There's some yeah. words you can't use. So yep. I, I picked I picked countries and uh, uh -huh. I had a good time with countries. Sean picked um what was it, fruits, vegetables? <laughs> what was, what Fruit. Did, Fruit. <laughs> yeah. And so the idea is you have to write a prompt to get the AI to uh -huh. pick that word. And it's it's fun because I think in part, you know, with with kids learning to uh, learning some of that creativity but also learning to write prompts because <laughs> I got a feeling that's going to be a, a skill that they need coming in the future here. So I had more fun with it than John did. Uh-huh. I think that AI <laughs> was toying with me. I know what you want me to say, but I'm not going to do it because I'm going to say something else. I'm going to say, so I, I had to pick up my, my word was cherry, right? So I picked red fruit, often put in pies. Travis, Travis, uh, grown in Traverse City, Michigan. I, I put in all these details, right? Red fruit, often put in pies. Mm-hmm. My guess is blueberries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what That's it a is. red fruit put in pies. Blueberries. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you apparently... got the AI. I got the special ed AI. <laughs> so apparently not perfect, <laughs> But I also think it leads to a good discussion of AI and what, you know, <laughs> right? Yes, and, and I, right. But I think I also, kids think AI is always correct. Right. Yep. And your example would be a great example of no. Yeah, there's a failure there. And I, and I should say, I, it's, it's probably the way I worded the the prompt and i know it is it's the way i work if i what i should have done was the like the some of the activities do with kids and we say oh no a kindergartner can do this sometimes you overthink it that was me i was mm -hmm. overthinking it so there's mm -hmm. anything special in that it's me i'm the one who's special yeah um and uh, we also have we want to i also want to make people aware there there is a site out there called stealth gpt didn't see that one is, coming I didn't see that one coming, which is, which promises kids, all right, it promises users, you know, kids, students, the power of undetectable AI writing. Ooh. So the arms race is on, right? Um, we've, we've talked about AI, we've talked about the AI detectors, now comes the undetectable AI writer, um, to see how well that works out as well. No, no, we won't see it. <laughs> if it works, you won't see it. <laughs> but you might want to rise and shine. Oh. You might want to Oh, rise I see where we're at now. Okay, I see what you did. Let's see, you jumped somewhere. Where did you jump? Oh, there we are. Okay. No, Access to Culture Translator. Rise and shine. So what it is this week. Uh TikTok's hashtag five to nine club and hashtag morning routine videos are inspiring some people, young people, to start their days earlier for maximum productivity. Um, mm. It's great, right? The problem is that a lot of these videos have completely unrealistic expectations, <laughs> but there are kids that are trying to do it. So thanks for trying, but maybe like um, try to make it more realistic. Um, so watch out for it. You know, you might have kids that are starting to That's see really, those and really, try those. That's really, really interesting, giving all the research about kids not getting up early. and Right. They're... It totally goes against the grain of what we understand their biological needs and habits are, right? Yeah. But the fact that they're trying it, maybe it's just hmm. because it's different. That's, and that also may be like a contributing thing to why it's unrealistic is because <laughs> we know <laughs> biologically – you're fighting you're fighting nature on a lot of those things with those kids um and that that may be why it's hard really hard for them to maintain it so that's from uh, access to culture translator there's more this week but i think that was the the one that jumped out mm -hmm. related to our kids most there's um uh, there's augmented reality that goes along 
with the American Battlefield Trust. Uh, we've talked about it before, but um, you mm-hmm. can download this to your phone and you can use this uh, Battlefield Trust. You can actually, you know, get put Lincoln in a place there and you can put Lincoln in here a speech, uh, different parts of the, uh, of the battlefield. So a lot of places are, a lot of schools are doing tours, especially of Gettysburg and whatnot. Um, so put that in your kids' phones and you can actually use, use your phones on the thing to, to do some augmented reality and get an experience on those trips to add to the experience of the trip. So that's going to see how it's going to be interesting to see how that develops too. Cause They've been really pushing. Uh, they've some people are pushing augmented reality, and it's going to be interesting to see how that really plays out. We did the Google Cardboard many years ago, and the Google Cardboard was augmented reality, and they had some things where you could swim with the fish and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, um, but that doesn't seem to have. I don't know that that's stuck around very well I, I i know that the 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 hard units that google made that's in the google graveyard i'm not sure that the cardboard pieces are still around <laughs> because they didn't require them to do a whole lot of investment it might be, in that it might be part of the problem is it google <laughs> google has the attention right. span of a seventh grader <laughs> so. yeah it's true um and that's why you know they might come up with an idea but it's going to be some when when somebody else comes along and says yeah, but we could do this, but we're not going to use Google to do it. That's when you go, okay, somebody's taking it seriously. Um, they've really stuck with it. They, they've done a number of these things. Imagine, so imagine for a moment. I'm mm-hmm. putting on my what-if hat here. But if and when glasses, AR glasses come out, like Enreal, um, and you can walk around and you can see all these things, you ever see those TV shows where the person sees ghosts, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it could be a lot like that. You know, you walk around in your regular everyday life, but you put these things on, you know, like like in real glasses, and then the next thing you know, you're seeing you're seeing stuff that information and things that's been put there. But like you could actually walk the battlefield and and see um, things that can't be left out on a battlefield. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could see interpreters. You could see um, certain thing, you know, artifacts and things that go tie into that specific place that you're standing in. And I think this is a good start with that. Uh, you have to use your cell phone to do it, but I'm halfway tempted to like, I'm waiting for somebody else to come along and develop a particular set of AR glasses, but, and real glasses seem rather promising. It's like what Google glass could have been, but didn't pull off. So yeah, it's the potential, right? Yeah. Next thing you know, we're actually going to take a Raspberry Pi and clip it to a student's belt. And away you and go. Then walk around with the Raspberry Pi in their mm-hmm. hip. And and that could be. That's one of those places where I see that it, there could be possibilities, and I just wonder if things like the American Battlefield Trust will develop those resources and share them and. You know, will there be a cost for that? Because there is a cost for creating that kind of, uh, those kinds of experiences. Will there be a cost to schools? Will that cost be borne by philanthropists? Will, you know, how will that develop kind of thing? All right. We, um, I don't think I've shared that. Ben Collins does a free weekly newsletter it has just terrific spreadsheet tips in them. And, you know, obviously, if you're getting a free newsletter, you've got to sign up. You sign up for the, you give them your email address. I have not gotten spam from him at all. Um, but there is also a listing, uh, an archive of his Google Sheet tips on a Google spreadsheet. Yeah. And he does he does things he does some things that I've picked up and used and learned. Um he does a lot of higher functioning things too and so you, you know sometimes you may want to skip those if you're not ready for those. But he's done thing with like custom number formats 
where you get like a green arrow if it's good and a red arrow if it's down. And I do that with my budget so that, you know, we can quickly see like, all right, is the budget in good shape or not? And I can tell right immediately where I'm uh, under budget and where I might be over budget. Uh, so that's fun. He also has a, he does, he had a tip for a sheet that has instructions on it, like a title sheet and how to create one that's very, very visually pleasing. Um, and so I thought that was pretty powerful. So I thought I'd just share that with you. If you're interested in spreadsheets at all, there's some really good stuff there. Um, Eric Scheniger has oh. a framework for learning for learning through the purposeful use of technology. This is kind of another model. I'm not sure how I feel about this one yet. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I'm just processing, does it, does it work to share with other people? Would they get it? And there's some things I like about it. And there's a couple of other things that he shares as well. Um, so if you're interested in that, take a look at that as far as uh, technology in, in the educational process. Um, and then I wanted to share a couple of, um, something I think teachers should be aware of is there's a Andrew Tate hand gesture, gesture, and teachers in the UK are saying teenage boys are copying it. Um, just, you might want to be aware of this if it's happening in your classroom, um, and what kids are doing with, with that. There is a really fun thing that I want to share as well. And these are beacorns. And this is from David M. Bird, who takes acorns and makes little people out of them. And then films them with animals. <laughs> and it's wonderful. Um, so I've linked to the YouTube video, which I think is five or six minutes long. Hi, my name's uh, Dave. Six I make minutes little people and out of acorns. 34 seconds. Um, and he goes through the process of making one and filming it. And that's kind of interesting. And there's also his website, which has lots of images of beacorns with these little animals. Um, just something that's kind of fun. Um, and something that the the kids could could do as well. Sean, have you ever asked yourself if there was a punctuation for irony? Yes. Why don't we have a punctuation mark for irony? Turns out yeah. there has been one. <gasps> Really? It's not been fully adopted, though. Okay. And this is from uh, Mental Floss. This is 13 little-known punctuation marks we should be using. Uh, I don't know about should be using. We can, um, we can debate that. But, you know, um, <clears throat> there is just 13 of them, and there's some fun ones, and you can share these with with the kids and say, you know, should we, should we do that? I think a lot of these have been emojis have kind of replaced their use, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, this, uh, there's the inter, the intro bang, which is the equivalent of a grimace or a shrug of the shoulders. Oh, mm-hmm. And it is essentially, it's essentially a question mark with a bang or an exclamation mark in it. Mm -hmm. you know? I'd uh, put a what with that. What? <laughs> what? There is a, uh, a percontation per point or a rhetorical Ooh. question mark. So if you're asking a question, but you, it's a rhetorical question. You put the question mark backwards. 
I like it. Mm-hmm. There's the I'd irony that mark. Oh, that's the irony mark. See, I was <laughs> expecting more of a um, more of an, uh, an arch that comes to a peak and then down, and then have like a whole series of little like waffle holes in the center. <laughs> Maybe a tail off the end. Mm-hmm. That would be an irony mark. Mm-hmm. 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 Not an ironing mark. Oh, oh you're right. That's true. Mark, right. Yeah. Um, there's also the certitude point, the doubt point. Like, I'm a little skeptical of this one. Uh, the authority point which I kind of crack up at because I think of the authority point makes me think of those, um, those uh-huh. air tower things. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The, yeah. the, the balloon. Yeah. Not balloon, the, but air. Forced yep. air. Mm-hmm. The, the sark mark, which is a sarcasm mark. The snark mark, um, which is used to indicate a sentence should be understood beyond its literal meaning. Oh, um, and then there's the uh, exclamation comma and the question comma. Oh, so they're just fun. Um, you could have those in place. And then lastly, Microsoft has a wonderful chart for accessibility. And I think this is one of those things, because I do some work with ADA and ADA compliance, and I really think we should do more ADA compliance, and people are like, nah, yeah, 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 whatever. But this really, for me, kind of, they break it into three categories. It's permanent, temporary, and situational. And then they break all the different ADA categories, or some of the different categories, into those three areas. And I think that's a more positive way of looking at this. Um, like for touch, permanent would be, you know, if you have one arm. Temporary would be an arm injury. And situational would be if you're a new parent. <laughs> got, got a baby on one end and, you know, you're kind of carrying that kind of thing. Um, and so it's thinking about it in these different categories, which I think can have a lot of power. So... I, I like the last one. Okay. So when it comes to speaking, you've got the nonverbal, right? Mm-hmm. You got somebody with laryngitis <laughs> and then you got a Valkyrie for the last one. <laughs> yes. Wagnerian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wagnerian's a, yeah, sure. Anyways, it I, is, it made me laugh. It is also an interesting use of graphics as well as how they have chosen to, um, to build the images um, as well. The thing that we would like you to choose to do is to head over to the podcast catcher of your choice and give us a five-star rating. Tell us why Sean is the world's greatest co-show host. Um, And of course, tell your friends, neighbors, and relatives to listen to the show as well. (laughs) With that, this has been... Middle School Matters, or Middle School Educators Who Care. All opinions expressed on this podcast are exclusively the opinions of the host and guest, and not indicative of any employer.